Hello and welcome to the scan. We are excited to bring you this episode, which is part of the George Institute for Global Health series. Community health workers are an integral part of the primary healthcare system in not just low and middle income countries, but high income countries as well. In India, the community health workers are called ASHA or accredited social health activists. Hi, I'm Menaka Rao. In this episode of the scan, we interview Dr. Rohina Joshi, senior research fellow at the George Institute and associate professor, Faculty of Medicine at the University of New South Wales, Sydney. She's trained in India and our in-house expert on community health workers. We discuss various aspects related to community health workers in India, including the origin of community health workers, their role in the system and their motivations to continue doing their job. So, Rohina, can you explain the origins of the community health workers in the country and what role they play in our health system? Sure. Thanks, Menaka. Um, so, the origins of the community health workers in India goes back to the late 70s, where we had the Village Health Guide Scheme or the Community Health Volunteer Scheme. The Srivastav Committee, which was basically set up in the mid-70s, so the 75, to come up with a, a range of uh, recommendations. But one of their recommendations was around rural health services, which was accepted in in 77. And, and their recommendations were based on pilot projects in India. So the comprehensive rural health program in Jamkhed in Maharashtra, as well as a couple of other, uh, you know, primary health care um, programs wherein they had multipurpose health workers uh, from the community who would provide basic care. And what the committee had suggested was to have female health workers who would be volunteers. But by the time it this um, the recommendations were implemented, the government basically said male and female health workers. And by the time states employed these people, it became only male health workers. So it deviated from what the original um, from what the original recommendation was. Uh, by 2002, uh, this scheme was completely phased out and the national government basically asked the states that if they wanted to uh, continue on, it was, you know, they were most welcome to continue on the community health worker program, but through their own budgets. So uh, what happened in uh, Chhattisgarh was uh, that uh, the government, along with some NGOs and state officials, uh, they decided to start a program called the Mithanin program. And uh, in the local language, Mithanin basically means a friend, a female friend. And the idea was that um, this community health worker, from uh, this female community health worker would be a volunteer and would be part of the village and provide the basic needs and help create an enabling environment to strengthen that public health system and make make their system more responsive to the community needs and also accountable. So, you know, as we see the ASHA program today, the foundations of it lay in the Mithanin program and the precursor of it was the village health volunteer program, which was led by or recommended by the Srivastav committee. So um, the Mithanin program basically ran for, um, for about three years uh, before which the the state the, the national government then decided to adopt the program uh, 
through the then Rural National Health Mission and now called the National Health Mission. If we see the ASHA program from 2005 to 2020, the program has evolved a lot from, uh, you know, just uh, providing that basic education to what the, the expanded role that the ASHAs um, undertake and perform within the community. The ASHA workers are known to work with women, particularly in reproductive health and preventive health care with, say, like vaccination. What do you think they do that is not recognized in the health system? You know, as mentioned before, the, uh, the role of the ASHAs is actually quite expansive uh, from counting births and deaths to registering people with cancers, encouraging them to visit the primary healthcare doctor. Um, they do the job by working with the community, gaining their trust and building a relationship with the community members. And, and I cannot uh, you know, highlight this more. It's that, that working with the community, that relationship and the trust, which is the most important factor uh, on which uh, this program rests. While some of their tasks, uh, such as working with uh, with women who are pregnant, uh, providing uh, as basic antenatal care, they are remunerated via incentives. There are several challenges even within the incentive scheme. So say, for example, one of the studies that we did, we realized that ASHAs were actually providing NCD care, so basic education for heart disease, for hypertension, for diabetes, without receiving any training. And the reason why they're doing that is because uh, of the demand by, uh, by the community members. In some villages, they encourage community members with heart disease to get their medicine from the primary health center or the mobile pharmacy, which visits the villages. And they've not been incentivized for this work so far. Similarly, during COVID, you know, last year, they were asked to do the surveys within the communities and provide basic education. Uh, but their incentives were delayed. And, and many ASHAs were stressed uh, during the pandemic and wanted some assurance about their well-being and their health. In health, we usually focus on the care provision, but they're also uh, really important. They are important members of uh, the sanitation program where they promote the construction of household toilets. Uh, again, while it's not direct uh, a health-related um, topic, but, you know, within infectious diseases and well-being of communities, it is an integral part of, uh, of the broader determinants of health. Another role that they play is uh, in patients who have tuberculosis. So these, uh, you know, ASHAs, they are the DOTS providers. So, you know, what that basically means is patients who have TB, they need somebody from either their community or the health system to bring their drugs to them and make sure that they're taking their medicines on a particular day at a particular time. And so ASHAs fulfill that role as well. And, and as you said, uh, it is very difficult to, um, to get people into the primary health centers, which sometimes, uh, you know, people, um, they prefer to go to, you know, other traditional um uh, traditional health providers, but the ASHAs managed to convince uh, people to go to the primary health center uh, for pregnant women. They they take them along and they uh, encourage women for institutional deliveries as well. So it's um, th there's a lot more than what we see in their day-to-day -day 
our lives uh, within the community. Uh, so, Asha workers are not recognized as formal labor under the NHM. They are paid based on incentives. So, how does that affect their work and the health system? Yep. So, uh, you know, payment-based, performance-based incentives is uh, a well-recognized uh, way of incentivizing, um, you know, s- some workforce. Uh, but when these incentives are delayed or um, they are not appropriate to the amount of work put in, it leads to lack of motivation and also the need to find a second job. Uh, During our study, when we interviewed Asha's, we found that they were motivated both by by financial uh, as well as non-financial incentives. You know, having a salary, be it performance-based incentives, which are provided on time, along with non-financial incentives, such as you know, having a career pathway, a family health checkup, they're all influencing factors on uh, the community health workers' decision to stay in service. And if we look at the more educated community health workers, uh, they are more likely uh, to be interested in an opportunity for career progression. So they would be interested to study further and train to become AMs and, you know, get formally employed within the health system. You know, again, in that study, uh, we found that Asha's really aspire to be formally recognized as employees of the health system. Uh, They are enthusiastic about the work, um, including the the newly added, uh, you know, portfolio around chronic diseases. They were interested to train, to provide better opportunities for their community so that they can see their community feel better and have a better health outcome. But at the same time, uh, they need to be supported by the health system via via training, especially supportive supervision and remuneration on time. You know, um, what I mean by that is if if the community health worker, if the ASHA, if they have concerns, they want to learn more or have any job-related issues, they should be free, able to be freely talk to their managers without any rep- repercussions to their job. You know, so say, for instance, they've made a mistake. They need to feel safe tell their manager that, look, I've, I've, I've made this error. Can you please help me and, and train me so that I, you know, I can fix it and I, I, I don't repeat this again? In many of our jobs, sadly, this is not the case. And you know, when I say supportive supervision, we also need to train the supervisors to provide that environment of, of uh, you know, that psychological safety uh, for, for ASHAs. Rowena spoke about the studies conducted by the George Institute in Andhra Pradesh, which helped understand the motivations of ASHA workers better. She also laid out the recommendations made by the Institute. She spoke about some of the guidelines the George Institute gave after conducting these studies. So about three years ago, we uh, conducted a study again in, um, in Andhra Pradesh, and we interviewed ASHAs, AMs, and and doctors, as well as uh, policymakers within the district, to try and understand what do ASHAs do within the NCD space, knowing very well that by that time, you know, the program for NCDs, the NPCDCS, it had not been rolled to the state. But to our surprise, we found that, um, you know, ASHAs had sat into some of the weekly training programs by the PHC doctor. They had picked up on some of the uh, advice or the education given by the doctor and they related to the community. So they knew about hypertension, diabetes, what the risk factors are. 
and also that people on with these conditions should have regular medicines and should not stop their medicines so they were they had conveyed this advice to the community members and we know this because we talked to the community members to understand you know what is the message given by ashas or what do they get from the ashas and this i am I'm, i'm talking about the older community members who have these chronic conditions but what we also found was that they were doing this this work for chronic diseases in their own time without any incentives when we explored a little bit more around you know what the life of an asha is uh, they are mums uh, with young children they are daughter in laws living in a family within the village um, they dedicate couple of days of their week to working uh, for the health system so uh, you know for maternal and child health for uh, programs like dots but also providing a uh, care for chronic diseases uh, you know sanitation program etc now on top of this many ashas actually do a second job like they might uh, do a tailoring job or some other work to support their family and uh, and many of them did mention that uh the 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 competing demands of being the wife the mom the daughter in law of that household plus you know doing the asha work and then doing the second job was actually uh, it left no time for themselves and many a times their family members would ask you know why are you doing this asha work when it's not really giving you incentives um or, or it's not really bringing in the money uh but they actually are motivated as i said they are really enthusiastic because uh, it's it's um it's also i think the, the satisfaction of doing good within the community and seeing that those benefits within the community uh that's that's their internal motivation to work uh, some of the ashas had also um, you know they had undergone training as anm of their own accord with the i you know with the thought that if they work really well and as soon as there is a position available they will apply for the role of an anm so that also shows their you know their aspiration to towards a career progression within the health system and also you know as an anm they get a standard salary and it provides them the security of uh, of working within the within the state health government more needs to be done from the health system to support ashas and also to see the ashas as an integral part of the primary healthcare system you know we always look at the primary healthcare doctor or the anm and the pharmacist but we really need to start now thinking of the asha as part of that that ashas are you know even though they would like to see themselves and they see themselves as part of the health system the health system doesn't so when we talked to you know the different staff members of uh, the primary healthcare team they really considered the ashas to be part of the community and they saw their role as just the linkage role and nothing more than that so you know um so we concluded you know just from those interactions that they are neither here nor there and um it's um you know they really have a potential to deliver a broad range of services if supported by the health system appropriately and a question that you had asked earlier around rights you know it's really important for um, for ashas to have basic rights things like um, you know when they are pregnant to have maternity leave to have sick leave um and, and those who are interested in career progression those who are doing well 
they should be given the opportunity to progress further in their careers. And, and when I say an opportunity, it's not just something which is on paper, but they should actually know that these opportunities exist and should be encouraged to take them up. The next thing is around providing necessary guidelines to do their work. So say, for instance, for heart disease, you know, for a study around on hypertension, we worked with Asha's and co-designed flip charts with them so that they could take these flip charts in the communities and, and, and educate the community. So, you know, so providing them with some guidelines such and tools so that they can educate the community. So flip charts, or if they have phones, then short videos that can be displayed on their phones um, to ensure that the message that they give is standardized. The George Institute spoke to Asha workers after the pandemic struck in India. This is Pinky from a village near Balabgarh town in Faridabad district of Haryana. During the COVID times, we had a lot of problems. We were asked to conduct surveys. We did surveys for 3-4 months and continue to do them even today. To do these surveys, we had to wear PPE kits and wearing them caused us a lot of problems too. I got an infection from it. Our routine work, which involved taking pregnant women for their checkups, was pushed back. These pregnant women had to get checked up with their own money. The pandemic affected our work. We would go for surveys at 9 a.m. and come back home at 4 p.m. We were scared that our children would get affected. During our surveys, we were stressed all the time. We would help people, but we were stressed about falling ill or our children becoming sick. People would stigmatize us. They thought that since we travel, we could infect them. Nobody wanted to tell us if they had COVID. And since they were unwilling to tell us, we were always scared of catching the illness. Rohina spoke about how during COVID-19, the ASHA workers felt particularly vulnerable. And last year, we did a series of, uh, you know, workshops and webinars to try and understand the additional toll of COVID on community health workers. And uh, that, again, was an eye-opener because they really expressed their vulnerability in terms of going out into the community, collecting the data, educating the people without proper, uh, you know, protective gear. When they came back home, their families were you know, just a bit worried that they might be bringing the infection home. And when they went from one house to another house in the community, the community also was not very keen to get them too close to themselves because they said, well, you may be transmitting infection within the community itself. So they were, um, you know, they were quite stressed. You know, they wanted that assurance and support from the government that if they felt sick, who would take care of the medical um, expenses or if they passed on infection to their family members, who would take care of their children? And uh, sadly, that assurance and support was not provided to them. This is Pinky again, talking about what she felt the government should do for them. I would like to tell you a little bit about our Sasha workers. We did not get enough facilities from the government. We could have fallen ill. Even though I didn't fall ill, there was no assurance from the government that they will take care of me 
and my family members if they got sick. Other government employees have insurance. They get free treatment. We didn't get any such facilities. Some of our Asha sisters got positive and they spent their own money to get treated. We had no support from the government. Thank God the Asha workers who fell ill got better. But if someone didn't recover, there was no system to take care of our children. No mediclaim, no insurance. This made us constantly worried that we are working so hard on ground and yet we have nothing to support us. What are the changes that can be made to empower Asha workers? I, I think the, the, the four key areas are around, you know, training and evaluation. The second thing is around incentives, both financial and non-financial, but provided at the right time. Uh, rights as employees, uh, things like sick leave, insurance, health insurance, maternity leave. And then finally, things around supportive supervision as well as career progression, such that uh, our ashas who provide this absolutely important and essential role within the community, they stay motivated. You know, it's not just about training health workers. It's also about retaining them and sustaining them within the health system so that, uh, you know, we don't constantly lose them to another job, but we actually keep them within the health system because that, uh, that long-term knowledge and relationship building with the community is equally important as, you know, um, it, it is actually really important in terms of building that, uh, that, that bridge between people within villages and, and communities and the health system. What I'd like to end by saying is that ASHAs and community health workers are an integral part of the health system. And we really need to see them as part of the primary healthcare team. So the respect that we give to our doctors and nurses and pharmacists, ASHAs need to be seen within that team. Um, and, and in order for that team to work well, ASHAs need to be trained and their training evaluated. Be it salaries or incentives, they need to be provided at the right time. We also need to think about their rights uh, because they are providing an essential service to the country. What are their rights as, uh, you know, as, as team members, you know, rights around sick leave, maternity leave, insure, their health insurance. Some states have taken that on. And then finally, how do we motivate to keep them within the health system? So thinking about their career progression. So I think the, the take home message that I would like to convey is let us see ASHAs as part of the primary healthcare team. But it's not just for the policymakers to see them. The team itself should see ASHAs as part of them. And that's when things will start looking different and feeling different for the team themselves. Make sure you subscribe to The Scans so you don't miss any episode. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.